I have at least over a thousand videos and pictures of the girls and with the family. Even if I want to look at a different photo, I can't look at it because I don't want to scroll past all the pictures. I think it was last week. I thought, "Hmm, let's try it. And the whole next day, I just cried. Welcome to How To. I'm David Epstein. Picture this. Your kids are everything to you. You potty train them. That wasn't fun, but you got through it. Then you taught them to tie their shoes. You taught them to say please and to say thank you. You made sure they ate all their veggies, even though they didn't like them. You took goofy photos with them at the playground. But then imagine that one day, with no warning, you have to leave them. That was the worst thing that has happened to me in my adult life. It was just awful. This is Stella. She's not a mom. She's a nanny. And for three years, she helped raise a pair of twin girls that she absolutely adored. I loved those girls as if they were my own family, if not more than my own family. Stella's 23 and from the suburbs of Chicago. She began taking care of the twins five years ago. That was her first ever job as a nanny, and she loved it. The work, the children, even the parents, who we'll call Rick and Alyssa, though those aren't their real names. And we had such great times together. I went on vacation with them. I mean, every day we would go to the zoo or go to the museum. And then when Alyssa, she was a doctor, so she'd randomly be off for a week. Mm. And she would, like, go with us and do the outings and the activities. And we'd go to the carousel and go to the pumpkin patch. Stella felt like part of the family until suddenly she wasn't. So it was like a, like a little after Thanksgiving I walked into work and the children were upstairs sleeping and Rick and Alyssa were both sitting down at the kitchen island giving me that look. Like, okay, this is a serious conversation that we're going to have with you. And they asked if they could talk with me and I said, okay. We'll get into the details of what happened later. But for now, just know that Rick and Alyssa abruptly let Stella go. She was and is still heartbroken. And even when I started my new nanny position, the first maybe like two or three months, I would just cry driving home because it brought back so many memories that I didn't want to be resurfaced. On today's show, how to break up with your nanny the right way. As a nanny, when you're getting paid to raise someone else's kids, how do you navigate that messy work-life divide? And for couples... How can you have a better, more professional relationship with this third parent? When we come back, we'll hear from Tasha Blaine, a social worker and therapist who's written a whole book on the subject. And as a former nanny herself, Tasha has tips for how Stella can move on when things inevitably change. In my experience talking to nannies, it was a little bit of one of the rites of passage in a way, like getting through this kind of severing and how you move forward from it and what you do differently next time. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, 
Whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions, built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. When Stella was a nanny for Rick and Alyssa, her days started bright and early. She'd arrive at their house every morning at 7.30 a.m. and wouldn't leave until the girls were put to bed. Like, I remember when I first went to their house, I thought they had just moved in, but they were just like those type of people. Like, if you think of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's house, how it's like very minimal. Like, that's how they were. Yes. Yeah. Inside the big, sparse house, with its single piece of art adorning the wall, Stella would prepare breakfast, make coffee, and then go upstairs and wake the girls. Can you describe sort of their their parenting style, I guess? They were very, like, these are the rules and you have to follow them, and I like that. Like, each window in the house, the blinds, each of them had to be a certain angle. Mm. Or, like, I had to weigh every like serving of like food that I gave the children. Uh, So they were super anal and stuff, but they were really good at telling me what to do without making me feel like I'm doing something wrong. And they always added positives in there. And I just felt really good about myself when I was working with them. But then the family moved to a much fancier house and the work relationship that had once seemed ideal, if stringent, began to crumble. So maybe within the first two weeks that they had moved into the new place, we were in the kitchen. I was making breakfast and Alyssa said to Rick, oh, Miss Stella doesn't have a house key. Can you go and make her one? And he said, is that really necessary? And I just remember thinking like, what the heck? Like, I I work here five days a week. What do you mean? Like, I'm with your children. It is necessary. There was all these little things that like looking back at it now, I wonder if they had planned on letting me go, but just needed me to hang on to help get them through the move. Just after Thanksgiving, Alyssa and Rick told Stella they needed to talk. Rick had like started off the conversation and said, like, we really appreciate, you know, everything you've done for us. You have taught our girls pretty much everything they know. And, you know, we have decided that we are just going to try to do it on our own. But they said, you know, you've really just been such a a great asset to our family that we're going to give you as much time as you need to find a new position, whether you find it in, you know, six weeks or six months. But then 
just a few weeks later. I asked Alyssa, is there an end date to my employment? And she said no. And then probably about a week later, she told me, well, we actually have some new people coming on to work for us in January. And I just thought like, what? That must have been a punch in the gut. Yeah. It it was like, what? Like the Christmas before this, I, I remember Alyssa had like given me like this nice Christmas gift and she had like tears in her eyes and she gave me a hug and she's like, we love you so much. That was probably like the most emotion I've ever seen. And it was just such like a heartwarming feeling. And I don't know, like there are so many things in my mind that I try to like answer the questions to myself. And it's just really frustrating. Sounds like maybe you didn't really get much of a chance to ask the questions at all, much less get good answers. What did, did you get to say goodbye to the girls yourself? The girls did not know it was my last day. And Rick was like, go give Miss Stella a hug. And they were playing, having fun. So I gave them like a little pat because I had like tears like in my eyes, not trying to cry. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I just needed to leave. Do you think they know how much it affected you? I don't think they've thought about it since the last day they saw me. And that's what sucks. <laughs> like, I think they've just continued on living their lives. It's just, it's very hurtful. I lost like a lot of self-confidence. I, I, I didn't even want to be a nanny after that. It, it was just awful. So Estella, it sounds devastating. Um, And I'm hearing you say, you know, did I do something wrong in blaming yourself? And, you know, unfortunately, what I can share is it's a somewhat common story that you hear from nannies, that they will get fired and not quite understand why. And they're left with this sort of haunted feeling um, often, what did I do wrong? Are the kids thinking about me? Do the kids think that I just left? Tasha's a therapist now, but in her 20s, she worked briefly as a nanny in New York City. That experience led her to interview dozens of other nannies for a book she wrote called Just Like Family. I couldn't get over the combination of how much you have to love the children, and feel like part of the family while at the same time being aware that you are not really part of the family. And so I wrote a book about it. Uh, Your story, Stella, reminds me a lot of one of the nannies I wrote about. Her name is Vivian. She also cared for twins, uh, twin boys, was absolutely head over heels in love with them. She used to say, when I'm driving to work, sometimes I'll know that one of them is going to have an ear infection. Like she just felt that connected to them. And when she was done, she looked back and she said, I kind of grew up on that job and I wouldn't do it the same again. I would have a little more distance. Does that sound like where you're getting to at this point? Yeah, I'm a completely different person than I was at the beginning when I started that job. Stella may feel like a completely different person, but she had nightmares for a long time afterward. Yeah. One in particular was really messed up. Um, The twins are sitting in front of me looking at me. They are supposed to have something to eat, but we're just in this whiteness and there's nothing to eat. So like very casually, 
I just like pull out a machete and chop off my arm and I give it to the kids and they just eat it. Wow, that is intense. So it was just really bad for a while because it was like even when I went to sleep, I couldn't escape what was happening. So Stella was in love with the girls and deeply scarred by how it ended. But Tasha says parting with a nanny, it doesn't have to be this hurtful. She has pointers for helping Stella, or really for any nanny in that situation, to move on and heal. And she has just as much advice for parents, which we'll hear after the break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On Death, Sex, and Money, we feature interviews with you, our community of listeners, getting honest about uncomfortable things. I developed an illness where it isn't safe for me to drive. A friend once said to me, sex is like air. You don't think about it until you're not getting enough. This is a similar sort of thing if you just replace sex with driving. Listen to Death, Sex, and Money wherever you get podcasts. We're back with Stella and our expert Tasha Blaine. Stella has been reflecting a lot on her time as a nanny for one particular family. But it's important to note that it's not all the nanny's responsibility to make sure it goes well. Most parents who hire nannies, they're acting as employers for the first time ever, and they have no idea what they're doing. So how should they approach this fraught relationship? Geez, I'm trying to think of how to begin because... The nanny world is so vast and varied, so we would be leaving out a large group of nannies if we were saying that every nanny out there was like Stella, which is, you know, American-born, documented, mm -hmm. you know, raised here. So there are a lot of women out there who feel like they can't ask to be paid on the books. Um, there are also lots of organizations out there to sort of help families navigate these difficult questions, mm -hmm. right? Like, what, what should I pay? What is ethical? What is right? What is fair? I would say, you know, it's pretty easy to get online and sort of Google a, a basic contract. So why not put in an agreement that you're going to have, you know, a review every six months? If you were in an office job, you would have a performance mm -hmm. review. And also, it's important to say, like, you're valued. Um, I couldn't do my job without you. I, I get such a sense of, you know, calm and well-being because you're here with my children so I can go out there and, and do the job I need to do. With her new family, Stella actually brought up some of these difficult conversations. These things that families as employers really need to be conscious of in a way she never had with Rick and Alyssa. 
I had noticed that the the parents were like talking about my job performance in front of the kids. They only give me negative feedback. So I, I said like, you guys have to give me positive feedback because I don't know the things that I do that you guys like. And I said, you guys can't talk about me in front of the kids because it, it confuses them. So how amazing is it that you've gotten to that place to be able to do that? So this time around, you're taking that and you're you're setting up, you know, your own ground rules. The first family gave you a tremendous list of ground rules. You're allowed to have ground rules too. So if you are in a job and you're giving everything on top of the fact that you really are loving these children, no matter what, having it be a professional setting also does not mean it needs to take away from the love. Right. You know, it could make you better mm -hmm. at the job because you feel more confident, you feel seen, you feel heard, you feel respected, you feel valued. I can see how that would be difficult, though, because the power dynamic feels mm -hmm. so slanted. You know, the parents, in this case, they're often older. They're often more established in their lives. They are the employers. Yeah. So what's yeah, a good way to I, do I, that? I think it could be terrifying. And I think, I think Stella really gave us a perfect example of that the first time around. One thing I would say to you, Stella, right now is... You know, don't assume that a family who's hiring you knows how to do the hiring, how to be an employer in their home. Mm. So it might be a relief for a family if you come in and you set the tone a bit because they don't always know. They're nervous. Here's our first tip, whether you're the nanny or the parent. Set ground rules. Even though the work is in the home, treat the job as you would any other job. Have a contract with standard working hours, a reasonable salary, paid holidays, opportunities for growth, and frequent feedback. Creating a structure will make sure everyone, the kids included, ultimately get the very most out of the arrangement. Another tip to a new nanny would be to find a nanny who's been at it for a while, who can kind of guide you through the process. If, if you could talk to your, you know, self four years ago, I bet you'd have loads of advice to give yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. Are there places for nannies to sort of network uh, th that are... Yeah, the playground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is the nanny's office, you know, the playground, the, the music classes, um, certainly, um, you know, talking to someone with more experience, not just around what's the going rate around here. Mm -hmm. But also really around, um, you know, that piece that we started with today, which was how, how do you love a family? And then how do you let them go? Here's our next tip for the nanny. Find colleagues. You won't be literally working side by side, but finding other nannies, maybe even a nanny mentor, it can replicate the kind of coworker relationships that are key to making any job successful. And having that mentor, especially one that you won't lose once you switch jobs, that can be particularly helpful for handling a difficult goodbye. Another thought I'm having for you, Stella, is like, how do you clean away these sort of daily triggers while still honoring the memory of the family and the kids? You said you have a thousand photos. So when you're ready to get those out of your phone, maybe something to do is turn that into a photo book that you can then store away. So you're not necessarily, 
you know, erasing it, you're still putting it in a place of meaning for you, but it doesn't have to be there for you as a reminder every day. It's funny you say that because when Alyssa had first had that first conversation with me, something that I wanted to do to kind of give the girls as a thing to for them to remember, I, I got scrapbooking stuff and I printed off all these pictures and I couldn't I couldn't get one page done. And I mm. have it tucked away in a box in a closet somewhere with stuff buried on top of it. And I do not dare go near it. Um, it's just, it's just too painful. So you're not ready yet? No, I wish. Okay. I wish I was. Recently, beginning of the February, it was the girl's fifth birthday. And that must have been a hard day for you. Yeah, because a five-year-old looks so different than uh, the age they were when I last saw them. And, and I don't know what they look like anymore. And that really bothers me. Yeah. Because you didn't really get to say goodbye to them, is there another ritual that would feel good to you that you could come up with as a way of creating your own closure? I haven't thought about that at all, but that seems like a good idea. Maybe like so burning a picture or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if that feels good, you could do that. I, I was thinking maybe you could even, I, I the reason I thought of it was you, you said their fifth birthday passed, like a letter that you maybe don't send, um, but it's a place where you can put, you know, memories about them or even I would say hopes that you have for them in the future. Because I, I hear you thinking a lot about who they're going to become. And the, the thing that's so special about being a nanny is that you really saw them change and meet those milestones. So those milestones are going to continue to happen. So what, what would you hope for them and put those hopes in a letter to them? That seems like a good idea. Stella, would you be willing to sort of share what some of those those hopes might be right now? And maybe, Tasha, you can sort of help... Yeah. walk Stella through what that exercise could look like? What's the first thing that comes to mind that you would want to say to them? Um, I would say I have I've loved the time that we've spent together more than anything in the world and you guys have really shown me what true love is and uh, I hope one day I love my own children as much as I love you guys. And I just hope the world is as is, is, is sweet and kind to you, as sweet and kind as you guys have been to me. I just hope that they're happy when they grow up. I don't really know what else I would say to them. Um, I, I think that says it all. Here's another tip. When you need to move on, write a letter with what you'd say to the kids. And not to send it, but just for that practice of writing it down. It'll help free your brain from dwelling on these feelings. This is something called cognitive outsourcing. And on this show, we've used it for everything from performing under pressure to getting over a lost love to, in this case, moving on from a job and a family. Yeah, it sucks because... Um 95% of my experience and my time and our relationships with them were absolutely wonderful. But mm. this last 5% has 
has kind of ruined all that for me. I I would encourage you to reclaim that 95% a bit um, because I would bet a lot of that 95% was about the girls and what you're really talking about and who really hurt you were the parents. That's interesting, that idea of reclaiming. I like that because the ideal closure does not sound like it's coming. And so she has to find good enough closure, basically. And I wonder if yes. that reclaiming the good parts um, and not letting those be tainted by by the smaller portion. It reminds me of this this psychological finding called the peak end rule that people sort of tend to evaluate their experiences based on an average of the most intense moment and the final moment. So like if you give someone a 20 question uh, math test, you can give them the same questions, but if you backload the hard ones, they'll tell you the test was much harder because those are the ones they mm-hmm. left off on. And so even if that's just the 5%, it sounds like it's it's carrying an undue amount of weight for the whole experience. Yeah, it would be nice to take back all the wonderful times that the girls and even the t- wonderful times the parents and I had together. Mm. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be mad at them. Stella says despite her painful exit, there were good things that came out of it. Inspired by Rick and Alyssa's careers, and also the way that things ended, Stella decided to enroll in college. When I finish up with this current family, um, I plan on being a full-time student. Uh, Mm. This whole experience made me realize I don't want to be a nanny forever. I can't (laughs) do this every couple years. It's too painful. And I feel like because I didn't have a degree or because I was just a quote-unquote nanny, that they question my intelligence and my integrity. And I, I've, I've worked for doctors, I've worked for lawyers, I've worked for, you know, people that are up in the business world. And I didn't feel like any of them were smarter than me. And I just thought I could do this. Yeah, they, they most certainly weren't smarter. I will tell you that in my time researching my book for the years that I was doing it, I, I found nannies to be the smartest, sometimes the <laughs> funniest, the most intuitive, <laughs> and really hardworking people that, that I'd met. Stella, what are you studying? I'm studying psychology, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> Stella, what tips would you share with families so that they can uh, do a better job in, in the situation that you've been through? Um, I would just say definitely like uh, open communication is key. And uh, when it's time to let your nanny go, um, you know, have a goodbye dinner or Mm. meet at the park here and there. Or even as something small as like sending your previous nanny a Christmas card. You know, when you spend pretty much every day of your life with people and when you're not with them anymore... You still care about them. You still Mm -hmm. think about them. Here's our final tip. Especially with children involved, find ways to complete the story in a manner that really feels satisfying. And rituals can be really useful for this. Maybe a farewell dinner or a photo album that the kids can have to always remember you by. And there's no reason you have to say goodbye forever. Letting a nanny go, it should be professional and formal, just like any other job. But you can still leave space for the lingering emotions on both sides. One of the women I wrote about in my book at the end of her 
time with that family, she, of course, quoted Mary Poppins. And it was <laughs> the, the quote, we come to do a job and when the wind changes, it's time to move on. So, you know, I wish it was that easy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there are ways where it can be a bittersweet parting instead of a devastation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Stella has described. You learn, even in the best of circumstances, it's going to hurt. And then the next time around, like, y- you'll sort of have a natural barrier up. And that doesn't mean you can't love the child. It, it just means you, you sort of understand innately the role a little more. Mm, bittersweet instead of devastation. I actually kind of love that because it doesn't set yeah. up an unrealistic <laughs> of, oh, you know, it's going to be like a Hollywood ending. Like it's not going to be awesome. Um, if, if it, assuming the relationship went well, right, then for sure it's mm-hmm. going to be bittersweet, um, but doesn't have to leave anyone feeling sort of totally burned. Yeah, that's the hope. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm actually wondering if this conversation alone will, will help you, Stella, in being able to take a look at those photos sooner. I think you may be a little farther along than you realized. Mm. You know, you did leave an imprint on those girls um, and, and you did have an impact on them. Mm. And I, I think you'll learn a little bit more about the, the importance of their early years in your psychology classes. And, and even though you didn't get to say goodbye, um, that you're still there. Sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm there, but when you say that, it makes me think of things that I've shared with them that I know they wouldn't have had access to without me. So thanks, that that actually is really nice to hear. Goodbye, Mary Poppins. Don't stay away too long. Thank you to Stella for sharing her story with us. And thanks to Tasha Blaine for all her great advice. Be sure to look for her book, Just Like Family, Inside the Lives of Nannies, the Parents They Work For, and the Children They Love. And also her new book, Becoming a Social Worker. And we also heard back from Stella. Hey, how-to team. It's Stella just giving you guys an update on how I've been. I had a dream, a good dream, with Rick and Melissa and the girls in it, and I went out in the driveway where their car was parked and I opened the door and the girls were in the back seat in their car seats and their faces lit up and they said, Miss Stella! It was just so great and so happy. So thank you because I haven't had a good dream with them in over a year. Are you struggling to move on from a past experience or really having any other problem you need help with? You can tell us all the details, nightmares included, at howtoatslate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen and Rosemary Belson produced the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Charles Duhigg, our host emeritus, is probably flying a kite. I'm David Epstein. See you next time.